actor Shruti Katwa is the new Doctor Who, best known for the Netflix series Sex Education. He will take over from Jodie Whittaker as the Time Lord next year. The incoming Doctor, Shuti Gatwa, is 29 years old. He's been named as the 14th Doctor. I met him last night. And finally, the new Doctor Who was just one of the stars. Stressing the stage at yesterday's Bafted TV Awards. Shuti Gatwa, who will be taking over from Jodie Whittaker, was among those presenting. Newly named as the latest person to step into the TARDIS, Sex Education's Shuti Gatwa was also strutting the Bafta red carpet on Sunday. It's just so exciting and. Knock, knock. Doctor. Other nominations include one for Shuti Gatwa, who has just been announced as the new Doctor Who. The future Time Lord on the red carpet. Hours after his casting as the Doctor was revealed. Hello and welcome to the Trap One Podcast. My name is Jason and I'll be your host for today's episode. This week I'm joined by the brilliant following incarnations. I'm Jan Fennick. I'm Mark. And I'm Jason from Brooklyn, so Jason with a Brooklynier with a Brooklynier accent. Brilliant. And today we're talking about the regeneration game again, as we discuss shoes. Shoes that fit perfectly, new teeth, new kidneys. Still not being ginger, concentrating on one thing, that's change, my dear, because that's the problem with regeneration. You never know what you're going to get. All that and the most important question, if the square of the hypotenuse equals the sum of the square of the other two sides, then why is a mouse when it spins? Yes, it's the announcement of the 14th Doctor, which took us all by surprise on Sunday. Um, so where were you when you first found out? I was actually sleeping and I woke up, I woke, slept late, woke up at noon and there were a bunch of um, IMs on my phone because all my friends were like, have you seen this yet? What do you think? I'm like, what? Huh? So it took me a couple of minutes to like catch up. So I, I was behind the, the times, but thrilled as soon as I heard the actual news. Yeah, I was mowing my lawn and um, a message came through in a, in a group that I'm in. Uh, and it was uh, Scott Gray, the Doctor Who magazine artist. And uh, it, was the, uh, it was the announcement from, uh, from the official Doctor Who account uh, that, that had been cast. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, it, it was, there was no preamble, no an announcement of the announcement. It was just out there. And what about you, Jason? Were you woken up by uh, the message as well? See... The problem is Jan let off by saying that she was asleep, and Mark heard, Mark did her one better by saying he was mowing his lawn. These are not interesting answers. So I'm going to say that I was hang gliding from the top of the Taj Mahal uh, while performing the trumpet voluntary. And when I landed on the ground to my thousands and thousands of adoring fans, that's when I was handed the news. Or to put it another way, I was asleep. And I woke up and I grabbed my phone, and there were 17 messages from the uh, Trap One podcast Twitter group saying, "When are we recording?" And I'm like, "I'm in." Wait, what are we recording about? <laughs> and that's when I went to Instagram and I saw the uh, telltale tweet: the two hearts and the blue box. And my first thought was, "I've never heard of this guy." I think most of us have probably had that reaction. Uh, I was. <laughs> ironically a star wars convention <laughs> in blackburn uh, that we'd gone to for the day and we were kind of like stuck in a bottleneck in the crowd because uh, it was in a very cramped like kind of area at blackburn rovers uh, football club in one of their conference rooms 
and um, <laughs> I got the nudge from uh, the other half, and she said, I've just got breaking news. The BBC have just announced new Doctor Who. And he's like, what, what? Hey, it's like, who? <laughs> it's like, exactly. I think uh, all of us have kind of had that reaction to, uh, to Shuti. Uh, Shuti Gatwa is, uh, I believe, how you pronounce his name. I, I, I feel kind of odd because a lot of people are like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? I actually, as I said earlier, I'm actually the sex education expert. I'm a big fan of the show. So I didn't know his name. I just thought, oh, my God, it's Eric. And then saw his name like, right, and then learned how to pronounce it properly. Um, so I love him. He is so good. He is so incredibly good. And I'm really excited to see what he does with this role. So, See, I am going to be... 50 in 18 months. So that means that in American television terms, I am at the wrong end of the coveted 18 to 49 demographic. So my opinion, the fact that I've never heard of this guy does not matter. The most important thing is that young people, which is where you get your advertising dollars, have heard of him. Here's a fun fact. Who has more viewers? Shooty got was Instagram account or legend of the sea devils. The answer might surprise oh, you. The answer is Shudi Gatwa. So this is where you go. You go to somebody who is beloved by the 18 to 25, somebody who has multiple bath denominations, somebody whose Instagram account is more popular than Chris Chibnall. So <laughs> this is a great, great choice. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm actually 10 years older than Jason, so I'm definitely out of the demographic, but I seem to have odd eclectic tastes and it's funny because a lot of people have been saying, oh, sex education. I, I'm too old for that. There's actually a lot of adult characters on the show, including Gillian Anderson. And they do actually, they're not just, oh, a parent that kind of like flits in and out. They actually have storylines also. So I've been recommending the show to everybody anyway. So now I'm going to recommend it even more and say, if you get, if you have Netflix, if you have access to it, do see it. It's funny. It's frank. It's very, very emotional. Um, that's one of the reasons I like Shooty is because his character, he's an openly gay um, on the show. He's, British, uh, Nigerian, and I know in real life he's actually Scottish, Rwandan, um, and it has to do with how he deals with everyday life, how he deals with his family. At one point, they actually go back to Nigeria and how he deals with the religious and you know uh, just general mores of the, the African family. And he runs the gamut from like historically funny to like unbelievable heart wrenching pathos. So he can do it all. I'm very, very excited. Yeah. And he's had three BAFTA nominations as well for, for that role. I understand, uh, with, uh, with Sunday night's BAFTAs being, being his third. Uh, so yeah, obviously got some, uh, some chops, like you say. Yeah. And apparently he was cast way back in uh, February, uh, on to Russell T Davis and they've been sitting on the news, uh, ever since. Uh, did anybody find it a little bit weird that, um, in the press release, it doesn't mention anything about when they start filming, when he's going to make his debut. Um, it was literally, you know, Shooty is the new Doctor. Um, he absolutely astounded us in the auditions. We're looking forward to working with him. And that was basically it. There, there was no extra information at all. It, it was very, like, concise and to the point, almost, I think, as if they had to rush it together because perhaps, like, the name was going to get leaked out there. I do wonder, with the timing, whether the original plan was to announce it at the BAFTAs, the way that David Tennant announced his departure at the National TV Awards, and when Shooty came to <clears throat> present an award, uh, Richard Ayawadi, who was the host, said, it's your new Doctor Who, Shooty Gatwa, 
And I mean, that would have been an amazing way of delivering it because if you, if you just sit at home watching it, you'd have gone, wait, what? And then when you walked out, you'd have gone, wow. So that, that would have been amazing. But also, uh, you know, kids don't really watch TV anymore, do they? It's, uh, they watch YouTube and, and they read Instagram. So it is really interesting. Like I, I'd missed all this, but the way that the, uh, you know, the white smoke was uh, sent out from Bad Wolf Studios, <laughs> Shooty tweeted two hearts, a plus symbol and a blue square. Russell T. Davis replied and said the future is here. And I think that had... Uh, set off loads and loads of speculation and then bad wolf studios tv which on twitter which is at bad wolf underscore tv retweeted the whole thing uh and then the official announcement came out so uh it was a very savvy way of doing it because it obviously sparked a bit of interest for the people that that follow shooty and then the people that follow rusty davis as well would have been like oh hang on putting it together, putting it together, and then and then bang. So I think it's been been a, a savvy way of doing it, definitely. And you certainly didn't have to sit through a boring tennis match to uh, get to the announcement <laughs> this time round. Yeah, it was interesting because, you know, there were people who were very upset that there was no, you know, big grand announcement. There were no little films. There was no Doctor and Confidential special. There was no live special on TV, sneaking people into the TV studio. But from what I can tell, at least on this end, of this side of the pond, um, in terms of newsworthiness, it was trending on Twitter for hours on, in New York, in on the U.S. Um, every news service that I could see had it as one of their top stories. So it didn't seem to matter. Like it was, And I think Russell actually joked about it being free advertising. They didn't have to pay a single cent, and it blew up globally anyway. So it's very smart when it comes to marketing, if that's the way they did it, you know, if it was planned that way. And immediately afterwards, they were both on the red carpet at the BAFTAs, which, you know, I presume is, is broadcast, you know, not just in this country as well. So they, uh, you know, they could hit the ground running that way as well. Yeah, I mean, as, as Jason's already pointed out, he's, he's got, you know, millions of um, followers on Instagram. And, you know, I think we're past the point now where you would do a live special or announce it, like after a, a sporting event on TV. You know, we're now in the more modern age, and like you, if you're wanting to connect to the next generation of viewers, then you know this is how I think future announcements are probably going to go, like via Instagram and like how they announced it on Sunday. And there's also been a story uh, about uh, Russell T. Davis that he's been planting fake news uh, oh. and rumours uh, in the uh, yeah kind of. Uh, Spreading misinformation in a way that Putin would be proud of uh, through uh, through the uh, through the media about about who the different uh, uh, your potential doctors could have been. Well, I was convinced it was going to be Hugh Grant. You know, I thought you know they're looking at a big relaunch. We're, we'd already known about the 60th, and that that was going to be something completely separate. And the big rumor is that it, it's supposed to be. David Tennant and Matt Smith and perhaps like a couple of other doctors in a legacy special, I think they've they've kind of like called it, uh, and that we wouldn't see the 14th Doctor until after that. And I think this announcement's kind of like thrown that all up in the air um, yeah. because, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen. But I was convinced that they were going to go with Hugh Grant. It was going to be like a big relaunch of the show and it was going to be like Christopher Eccleston where, you know, I know Christopher Eccleston never intended to do just one series, but it kind of like worked out very well in that way. And I thought, you know, if they've signed somebody like Hugh Grant, he's agreed to do like eight episodes, a one-off series, and then he'll have a big regeneration to a younger, more vibrant actor like Shooty 
um, you know, at the end of that first series. So it relaunches it. You get the viewing public more interested. You know, you bring the viewers back who, you know, have, have kind of like gone away uh, during the, uh, the Chris Chibnall era, you know, and you relaunch it in that fashion. So, you know, this announcement just completely like, you know, threw us as all that speculation like to to one side I'm like well what's happening next see i'm um i'm actually an admin on gallifrey base uh web forum and one of the areas that i police and hang out in is the uh, spoiler and speculation area and there have been so many rumors and so many you know like this is really happening that's really happening um from people that it's been bizarre i mean first it was definitely Hugh Grant, that it wasn't Hugh Grant, that it was definitely David Tennant, that it wasn't David Tennant, that it was Lydia West. No, it wasn't Lydia West. No, it was this person, that person. Last week, it was definitely most, you know, categorically, it was Jessica Hines, hands down. People knew this. They got it from the horse's mouth. They had sources to the BBC. And nobody, but nobody guessed that it was going to be shooting. So um, it's really funny, but there were people that hung on to this. David Tennant was coming back. He was going to be a degenerated, you know, Jody was degenerating back into Tan, and then he was going to be there for at least a year before they switched over um, because only David Tennant can save the series. And there are people that are still, even after Sunday, they're still insisting that this is true. And somehow Shooty isn't actually going to be the doctor. He's actually just a front for this. So Russ can shock everybody and give them David Tennant. And I've been trying to explain the... I'm trying to figure this how to say this delicately. Just just the visuals, like how this would go over, especially with, you know, black and, and um, you know, people of color putting in your, you know, claiming that this person to be your first black doctor and then be like, no, oops, he's really not there. Guess what? We're giving you the 50-year-old white guy anyway. Like, this is not happening. Russell is not that insane. <laughs> it's just like, it's one of the, you said, you know, it's worthy of Putin. It really is because it's on the level of, you know, the, the Trump followers or something like that, where people are just like buying into this disinformation and refusing to let go that it could be anybody but David Tennant coming back and, and saving everything. And it's bizarre. <laughs> it's a QAnon level conspiracy theory. QAnon has been spreading lie after lie for two years. Oh, yeah. Six months ago, people were gathered at Dealey Plaza in Dallas, Texas, where John F. Kennedy was assassinated, convinced that John F. Kennedy's long dead son, JFK Jr., who perished in 1999, was alive and coming back and going to reveal himself as a Republican who is going to run for president with Donald Trump and save the Republic. Save the Republic from what is never specified, but this is that level of conspiracy theory. No, no, it's really, it's true. It's happening. And they still think, because I guess one of the rumors that they kept coming up is that there's actually going to be three specials in 2023 around the 60th. And they're sure that the David and or Catherine Tate are coming back and they're either playing Ten and Donna, or they're playing different characters, but they're they're the ones that are starring in it, and it's not going to be anybody else. And there's another podcast, and I will not mention the name, um, where I guess on their webpage they're still saying, well, he wasn't mentioned as the 14th, so really, Shooty isn't the 14th. Why is that? And I think, I agree with you, I think that it was just rushed through and nobody thought about it. But apparently this is part of their proof, and I'm giving air quotes here, um, that it's really tenant, And it just, it, it's so weird. I, I can't, I don't understand this because it's obvious where things are going. And I think it's awesome. And obviously other people don't because only David Tennant can be the doctor. To quote Gary, oh, sorry, to quote Gary Oldman from uh, The Dark Knight, he is the doctor that we need, but not the doctor we deserve. Because, I'm sorry, fandom, I am giving fandom a D minus for their reaction to the news. 
Many of us were very, very happy, but I, I'll read out later in this episode. I have curated the worst of the worst from Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and my DMs. People have been contorting themselves to say this is bad news, it's a bad casting choice because they personally have never heard of the guy, and it's just an exercise in box ticking, uh, picking an actor from a certain de- demographic rather than picking a good actor. Uh, the reaction all over the internet to this news has been depressing because this is, this is the best Doctor Who news we've had in years, and people are decrying it as the worst thing to ever happen. That is peak Doctor Who fandom. And by peak, I mean bottom of the barrel. And yet, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here, at least on Twitter. I'm seeing a lot of people who haven't watched the show since either Tennant left or Matt Smith left, and also a lot of black people, both American and in the UK, suddenly saying, you know what, I want to check this out now. Just like when Jody came and people were starting with Not My Doctor, I knew a lot of women who at least came back to the show a little bit, you know, Chibnall's writing may have lost them, but they were at least intrigued because, oh my God, there's somebody who represents me, who looks like me, that I can watch. And there are, there's a lot of black nerds out there. There's a huge well, contingent. Yeah, and I mean, you say the, I'm excited on their behalf as well as anybody else. So yeah, the casting of Jody was like you say, it did like kind of it's piqued that interest because you know it got the highest uh, rating for a regular episode bar a special over 11 million, wasn't it? You know, and it's just a shame that they couldn't maintain that. But again, you know, as, as talented as Jody is, and I've not been her biggest fan, but I've actually been more critical of, like Jason, of the writing of the show. I don't oh, rate Chris Chibnall at all. You know, I think he, you know, he, he's kind of like almost put the nail in the coffin of of the show. And if you believe some of the crackpot theories out there or some of the insiders who say, you know, Russell T. Davis did actually, you know, was give give the show to me, give the, the show to me and I'll, I'll rescue it. And, you know, you know, I'm, really grateful that Russell T Davis has come back, you know, and if that, you know, a casting of, um, such a you know, actor, such as shooty, if it brings an extra, like, you know, set of viewers into the show and it piques that interest and it gets those viewing figures back up, I'm all, I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm welcome. You know, he's, he's, I can't wait to see what he'll do with the role. I've not seen him in anything. I've not watched sex education, but, Literally, the last couple of days, all I've been doing is watching YouTube clips of compilations of sex education um, clips that actually show what he can do. And, you know, he's absolutely brilliant. You know, he's a great actor. He's funny. You know, he's he's serious. He has all those that kind of wide range that you would expect of of an actor playing the doctor. When people were, Jason, you were saying, people were saying, I've never heard of him. I've actually heard that since Chris Eccleston was was cast back in 2004, 2005, I had friends who were like, who is this guy? I mean, I'm an Anglophile. I watch a lot of UK TV. So I knew who he was. I knew who David Tennant was. I had no idea who Matt Smith was until somebody said, oh, no, he was in the the uh, Sally Lockhart stuff. And, and I actually went and got a n- number of like UK shows and including party animals to watch. So by the time he was there, I knew who he was. Um, I mean, I think the only person that people really knew was Capaldi. Um, so the fact that I've never heard of him doesn't mean anything, you know, it's not like they, you know, usually when the doctors come, even in the classic series, other than Peter Davison and, you know, I'm trying to think of anybody else who was really that big a household name in terms of acting when they got the role. It basically is a star maker. If you're, if it works for you. I, th- I think even away from the sort of crackpot internet theories, 
we all, a lot of us had it in our heads that it would be somebody that Russell T. Davis had worked with before, because that's kind of his MO, isn't it? Uh, that it would be somebody from It's a Sin, Years and Years, um, or like Hugh Grant in The uh, the Very British Scandal. Um, so it sort of sort of narrowed the focus a little bit, I think. Um, and, and the other thing was, I, I was convinced we'd get another lady doctor. I thought we'd definitely, definitely get a female one. I thought... Uh, having had one, I thought that that's the track that we would sort of go down for a while uh, and get a few different female incarnations and, uh, you know, get a few different interpretations that way. So that that was another thing that I found very surprising about it. Yeah, I think Lydia West was one of the, the, the first names. Yeah. As soon as Russell T. Davis yeah. was announced, she, her name was literally like up there, wasn't it? Because uh, she was absolutely amazing in, in both years and years. And it's a sin. And Dracula as well, uh, the the Moffat and Gatiss one. So she's sort of uh, oh, awesome. I forgot she was in that. Yeah, so well known to the spectrum of Doctor Who writers, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I was actually advocating for her also, just on the you know short list of seeming names floating around because she seemed to fit the demographic mm. and and what we thought Russell would do. Also, um, I you know not that I'm unhappy with his choices here, but I, and there are some people also that are. Unfortunately, especially women, I think, are very disappointed that Russell Russell went with yet another guy. I mean, the fact that he's the first black actor to play the role and also possibly queer, because I know he doesn't talk about, uh, should he doesn't talk about his personal life, but the character he plays on Sex Ed is extremely gay. Um, so it's, you know, I, I think it's great and I don't understand why, you know, there's, there's different people who need representation. Doesn't, you know, yes, I hope we get more women in the future, but... The other problem is that now we've got this sort of narrative that, oh, see, Jody was a failed experiment. We'll never have another woman again, and only a man can save the show. And I don't think that's true. But. No, I think I think the people that are pushing that agenda will, uh, you know, will kind of go down that tack. But I'm sure we will we will get more female doctors in the future. And Shudi has a very interesting life story. I've been saying for years that the core requirement of the doctor is that the doctor, the actor should have interesting lived experience that they can bring to the role. I mean, you had a lot of, you know, character actors with diverse resumes. You had John Pertwee who had the war experience. Shudi Gatwa is literally a survivor of the Rwandan genocide. So that's an incredible life story. First of all, the things that he must've experienced between, you know, childbirth and the, getting into the acting profession in, in, in Scotland as it's a remarkable story. And it's a story that definitely deserves to be told over and over again. And, and the kicker is you have a man who is literally the survivor of a genocide and people are saying he's going to kill Dr. Who <laughs> the tone deafness is astounding, if not offensive. So what I want to do now is go through some of the best of the worst reactions on Twitter and we can collectively engage in some, Schadenfreude. No offense to the guy, but I ain't heard of him. Yes, because your personal opinion is all that matters. Exactly. I am so confused. Is this 14? Was 14 announced in like just a tweet? No fanfare? No buildup? <laughs> After the third DVD box set, who's going to care about the announcement? I'm scared of this new era. The writers and the producer himself seem like they don't know anything about Doctor Who. They made the Whitaker era one of the worst. Yes, Russell T. <laughs> Davies knows nothing about Doctor Who, and he is personally responsible for all those Chris Chibnall scripts. Yeah. Next. Yeah, and the funniest thing is, 
I was going to say, I heard the same thing about Moffat back in the day. Moffat knows nothing about Doctor Who either, so Russell is in good company. Uh, you've, heard, you've heard the expression on Facebook, this is not an airport, please do not announce your departure from the group. We, we have a string of those. So long and thanks for all the fish, says somebody who thinks that sci-fi died out with Douglas Adams. Here's another one. Both viewers will be over the moon. That's when I went to uh, Shooty's Instagram account and realized that he had 2.6 million followers. So, yeah, both viewers, please. BBC, ticking boxes. That was a very, very common thread. I think I've never heard of this guy was the number two reaction, and BBC ticking boxes was the number one reaction. Yeah, if by boxes you mean the guy with a huge fan base and multiple BAFTA nominations and the star of the most important demographic, yeah. Those are good boxes to tick. How can you be a fan if you've never heard of him? I was going to say, a friend of mine put up a, a very good cartoon of like, you know, it just basically, the bo- it's a box ticked mm-hmm. and next to it's like exceptionally good actor or something along the lines that this is the box that got ticked. So. Uh, and the fellow who told me, how can you be a fan if you've never heard of him, then starts complaining about the Ruth Doctor and the Timeless Child, which again, nothing to do with Russell T. Davies. And here... Because the internet is a small world, here is a fellow that I went to high school with, and I see him a lot in baseball groups. I had no idea that he was a Doctor Who fan, but he showed up to spread his uh, right-wing lack of cheer. Hopefully this move will be the last pandering, politically correct reparations move the show has to endure. Maybe we can move on now and focus on good scripts and not worry only about the progressive agenda, checking boxes, and contributing propaganda to the cause. Every time I think that I went to a good high school, people like this remind me that I was really lucky to get out of the way that I did. It's similar to what we had when Russell T. Davies first took over, wasn't it? It was the the, the RTD gay agenda, which was a, a, a common phrase that always used to be on a Gallifrey base or uh, outpost uh, Gallifrey before it uh, changed over. You know, it's just like, really? You know, it's just honestly, it's... I just, I'm just glad I haven't seen anything like that on my Twitter. I must be following uh, all the wrong people, Jason. <laughs> I I cheated a little bit, and I went to I I went to the progenitor of the R.I.P. Doctor Who hashtag, oh, and right. I I got this comment, which started off interesting and then got really bad in a hurry. I don't care what color the Doctor is. I'm just thrilled he's a guy again. I promise these are almost done. All right, here's the here's the absolute last one. Absolutely furious. Can't believe they've cast a human to play the Doctor, Matt Lucas. That was the best and the final yeah, comment. Thank you, Matt Lucas. Thank you, Nardo. I, I was hearing prior to this, before the casting, was just that when Russell took over, thank God Russell T. Davis is taking over because we won't have any of that woke agenda anymore. Chris Chibnall and his woke, woke liberal leftist blah, 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 you know, writing will finally be gone and we'll go back to normal Doctor mm-hmm. Who because Doctor Who was never political. Um, so I was like, yeah. The show that started in 1963, you know, produced by a nice Jewish girl and uh, directed by a gay Indian, you know, Muslim director. Sure. No agenda. It's all been like, you know, white power from day one. Where the very first episode of Doctor Who was the doctor choosing sides between humans and Neanderthals. And the second episode was defeating the Nazis. 
Then later on in season one, you got a sensitive episode about prisoner of war, and then you got a global warming slash climate change episode in Planet of Giants. So when has Doctor Who ever not been progressive? When has Doctor Who never not been at the bleeding edge of things? If you go back to Verity and Waris Hussein, the beating heart of Doctor Who has always been young, radical people in their 20s. And now a 29-year-old immigrant actor, uh, this is you know right in keeping with Doctor Who's radical agenda. So sign me up. Absolutely. Uh, there's been, uh, let's like say, Matt Lucas's message there. There's been some really nice messages from it. Like, Karen Gillan. Then, uh, if you saw the video that Sylvester McCoy yeah, I saw recorded, it was lovely. Oh, I saw that this morning. I teared up a little bit. That was beautiful. <laughs> Have you seen the edit? Yeah, where the, the, there's a fan right behind his head, and somebody's changed it into a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> it was really distracting, but uh, Matt Smith also um, sent out a really lovely message and saying he he said he knew his work. He was so excited, you know, welcome to the club kind of thing. Also, so yeah, he's been getting a lot of positives from you know his fellow actors yeah. and fellow doctors, and that's awesome. I thought Georgia Tennant's uh, tweet was nice as well, or was it her Instagram where she just said "Hello, Dad"? Yeah, where she was retweeting the, the news. Of course, that, that triggered the uh, – it's got to be David Tennant people, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that when Jody was announced, she, she, she posted something like, hello, mom. So she's, she's being, you know, yeah. right, the same right across the board, which is awesome. And, yeah, yeah, sure, it's David. You know, he's a you know, 50-year-old father of five, you know, who's got a full schedule in terms of other work. You know, he's really going to move back to Cardiff and staying there, you know, isolated for nine months out of the year, leaving his family behind just so he can do a job that – the last time he did it, wrecked his back and he wound up with surgery, you know, just like physically. He's, he's right up there for that, sure. <laughs> well, that's, that's something that Shooty's got to look forward to because uh, David Tennant wrecked his back. I think Matt Smith wrecked his knees. So uh, Peter Capaldi uh, wrecked his knees as well. Yeah. Uh, I think it's only Jody who's uh, come out unscathed out of the, uh, <laughs> the modern doctors. That's probably because she did the least amount of episodes because Chibnall's lazy in writing. <laughs> I think yeah, Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi ended up having the same knee operation, didn't they? And they said yeah. it was the thing of sort of running around the corridor and then whipping around really quickly. It's that spinning, pivoting on on doesn't yeah. uh, <laughs> it? So as sure as night as day, you know, obviously every couple of years we do get a new doctor, and, and obviously we discussed uh, Shooty. So just going back, casting your minds back, who was your first new doctor? Well, for me, it was Paul McGann because I uh, I only started watching with season twenty five, so yeah, it was the uh, it was the announcement of Paul McGann, which I I think I must have got from Doctor Who magazine. Uh, I remember there's a photo of him uh, with a really closely cropped haircut, um, and uh, isn't he sort of holding a crystal or something like that? Yeah, it's the Long League exhibition, wasn't it? He, he was yeah. Saying. In front of the TARDIS console that they had there, it's slightly yeah, he's sort of slightly odd, and I think everyone was a bit worried about the the the, the hair that it wasn't doctory <laughs> enough. Do you know the story behind the haircut? No. Oh, did he? Is it from yeah. Alien Three or something? No, no, uh, no. Alien Three was nineteen ninety two, I believe, right. or filmed in ninety one. Um, it was he. He did the audition, and he had the long, like um, shoulder length, like hair similar to the wig that he wore in the TV movie, because he'd just finished um, filming The Hanging Gale, which was a big BBC One drama 
that he was starring in, uh, I think, 1994-95. And then he got cast as uh, Chris Ryan, who was one of the SAS soldiers in the Iraq War and had written the story, the one that got away. And ITV were doing an adaptation. And obviously, because he's an SAS soldier, he had to have all his hair shaved off. And apparently... When Philip Siegel like met him again, he's completely aghast as in, "What have you done? <laughs> You've shaved all your hair off. You've got no time to grow it back." And then apparently that's where they had to come up with the uh, the wig option. Right. Which to this day, Paul still will go on about how much he hated the bloody thing. So, um, yes. my my first doctor was um, Tom Baker. So my first new doctor was actually Peter Davison, and. Um, in America, we had heard, because we kept getting the first three years of Tom on, first at least in New York, it was on commercial TV, and then it was on public broadcasting, and I was living in Chicago, and um, we finally got it. It took forever for us to get the Peter um, episode, so I knew who he was from All Creatures Great and Small, but he was my first new doctor, so old school-ish. What about you, Jason? Would you be the same? Uh, I'm halfway in between Jan and Mark, just like in real life, because the first announcement that i remember hearing of was sylvester mccoy because i'd started watching in late 84 so i saw peter davison first and then season 22 hadn't finished yet so my pbs station which is the same as jan's pbs station cycled back to uh, robot in february 1985 uh, it was a few more months before i saw collins imports on a different pbs station out of new jersey but the first time that a new doctor was cast during my fandom was would have been Sylvester McCoy in 1986 or 87 or whatever it was. So I would have heard the news during a PBS pledge break, and I would have been 13 or 14 years old. This is pre-Google. This is pre-BBC America. And the name Sylvester McCoy meant absolutely nothing to me. So it was really the casting of Paul McGann in, I guess it was late 95, early 96 – was the first casting that I was online for. I saw that same photo and I had the same negative reaction to that skinhead hairstyle, not knowing the backstory, which I'm just finding out when I'm today years old. So yeah, my first two announcements would have been Sylvester and Paul. And I'd heard of Christopher Eccleston because I'd seen the others shortly before he was announced. And I'd heard of Capaldi, of course, because he had been in the Doctor Who and Torchwood. I'd never heard of David Tennant. I'd never heard of Matt Smith. I had not heard of Jerdy Whittaker, and I certainly had not heard of Shudi Gawa. So having heard of the doctor before the announcement is not a prerequisite for me. Uh, the only universal constant is that anytime there is a new doctor, by the time they are done, I am in love, and I'm sorry to see them go. And I'm sure that will be the same yeah. here. Well, my first one, I was similar to you, Jan. Uh, mine would have been Peter Davidson. So I think I was around about nine years old when uh, Tom Baker announced that he was leaving. And it, Tom Baker is my my doctor. He's my favourite doctor. Um, you know, he's one of my childhood heroes. I think the three occasions where I've met the guy, I've been an absolute gibbering wreck in front of him, you know, when I've asked for his autograph. But um, I remember actually being quite uh, excited, I think, because it was that whole thing of like, Doctor Who um, magazine was kind of like really in the swing of things. It had moved from Doctor Who Weekly and started to become a proper like uh, magazine with proper articles about the background and the history of the show. So by the target novels, you were starting to like really learn about the history of the show uh, with articles in there. So it was kind of like that whole excitement of like here's 
a new doctor on his way, you know. So uh, Peter Davison was obviously I was a big fan of All Creatures Great and Small. It was uh, aired on BBC One on Sunday nights over here, and uh, it was one of those family shows that everybody like sat around like as a family and watched, you know, before I went to bed, like you know, because it's Sunday night early for school, like the next day. So I was aware of Tristan um, Farnham, uh, that the character he played in All Creatures. So I was really looking forward to uh, Peter Davison take over. And a plus, um, I was a burgeoning cricket fan as well. So when he, I saw the front cover of Doctor Who uh, Monthly with him in the uh, the cricket whites, uh, with the cricket um, wicket chalk um, drawn on the uh, the side of the TARDIS and him swinging the bat, I was like, wow! You know, he, he, the two two of my favourite things are in there. Definitely. The the anecdote about Peter Davison's announcement, isn't it? It was on the evening news and uh, all his friends thought he died uh, when they saw his picture uh, <laughs> flash up in the news. One of the things that's odd for me is like a lot of people today keep complaining that they want, you know, the, the, the regeneration to be a total secret with nobody to know anything about it. And how, what do we have to find out in person? And I'm just like, in the dark ages, in the old days, before the internet, et cetera, and we were, especially in America, we were relying on British fandom to either as pen pals or just news, you know, magazines or whatever. We would know the, the you know, who the new doctor was like years in advance. I mean, we'd have like two, three years before we got any new episodes. And, you know, it was never a surprise to us because by the time we got them, we knew at least Colin's name, even if we hadn't seen him. I mean, I, you know, you were, t- uh, Jason was talking about Sylvester. I saw Sylvester at a convention on Long Island uh, probably a year or two before I ever saw an episode of his, because that was when John Nathan Turner was kind of dragging, you know, his people around to all the American conventions he could get them into. So it's like Colin and, and Sylvester and uh, Sophie, et cetera. So it's, it just makes me laugh now that everybody thinks it's just going to be a surprise and they don't seem to also understand the concept of marketing and, you know, uh, credits and just trying to build up PR for somebody before they get on there. They can't just like magically keep it under wraps for two years. There is that element of fans that say, well, why can't they, why can't we have a surprise regeneration? I think, you know, um, obviously I don't think they would have ever tried it in, in the classic era because of, you know, how like things were announced then, but you know, they tried it once, didn't they, with Christopher Eccleston, Russell T Davis and Christopher Eccleston agreed not to talk about, his departure, he did all the publicity and all intent and purposes, the plan was to suddenly um, unveil a new Doctor at the end you know, series one. Uh, and unfortunately, when the, I think it was the Daily Mirror got hold of the story after Rose had uh, debuted and they phoned up the BBC switchboard and I think um, somebody completely unaware just went, yeah, 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 he's leaving, yeah, he's, he's gone. <laughs> And then they had to rush out that press release, which again caused issues because it wasn't words attributed to Christopher Eccleston, and he, you know, he threatened a lawsuit and stuff. And uh, so I don't think we'll ever get a surprise regeneration now. Yeah, I just think in terms of the, the nature of the business, there's no way you can because you need to get all that that PR and contracts, and somebody's going to leak it no matter what. I mean, it was funny because I wasn't even I didn't start watching the new uh, the new series series one until probably the summer. After it aired, um, I tried to obtain it in certain ways and not being at the time technologically um, that savvy, I just it didn't work. So I had friends who were watching it and kind of like posting things in those days, a live journal and their weekly kind of synopsis of what was going on. I remember the news because I knew Chris had been cast and I think the first or second episode, which I 
couldn't manage to see suddenly happened the next thing you know he was gone and it was a huge huge fear and um so yeah I, I don't think it could even happen the fact that they were able to keep uh Shudi under wraps for two to three months without telling anybody is just amazing um i don't know if anybody follows andy Pryor, who's the casting director on uh, social media but he posted a couple of pictures um i think yesterday where he it was a group picture at some other award show where he andy won an award and it was given to him by nicola coughlin who's on dairy girls and uh, bridgerton and also Shooty, and he said he had already been cast, and we had to pretend like we didn't know each other in these photographs. And <laughs> Shooty's like on one end, and Andy's in the middle, and there's a couple of people between. And yeah, you could see he he just acting like he doesn't know this guy. He's never seen that. He's just happy to have given him an award, and it's great. I mean, the fact that they kept that going for so long is is a testament to the fact that they could keep some secrets instead of it leaking out. You know, ten minutes after contracts were signed, so. I'm sure the showrunners would love to spring a surprise regeneration on us. And I guess the closest they, they've done is the John Hurt and Joe Martin incarnation. So it's a, a surprise incarnation where you can't really get away with the surprise regeneration, isn't it? It's, the, uh, it's kind of the next best thing. Well, they did. Uh, in order to preserve the surprise of John Hurt, they decided to ship the half-season box set to a large number of American fan pre-orders on Amazon the week before the name of the Doctor aired. So I didn't, I wasn't ordering the half-season box sets, but I had friends who did get them, and reportedly they were getting emails directly from Stephen Moffat, who somehow got their contact info off Amazon, like, please, please, for the love of God, do not leak this. Then Moffat then showed up in New York at the way station, which uh, is near me but closed during the pandemic. He actually showed up at the way station in Brooklyn to watch the episode with fans to make sure that nobody was uh, whispering beforehand, it's going to be John Hurt. <laughs> yeah, it was about 250 sets, wasn't it, that was sent out by yeah, mistake. I remember that. But the sad thing about Joe Martin is that there was somebody from the BBC, and I think it was the official Doctor Who um, social media, somebody posted a picture of like a background in the monitor and also part of the script and savvy people actually managed to blow it up and they were able to see that there was something to do. And there were rumors for quite some time that Ruth, whoever the Ruth character was, was actually a time Lord. And so it didn't quite go as they planned either. And it's like, well, why did you, you know, why did you post a picture of the, the script on screen? You know, it wasn't a private thing. It was on their, their official, I think it was Instagram or Twitter. So it kind of sometimes marketing, not always so, clever yeah it's all for the intentions isn't it but uh, it's always one person who accidentally goes well i didn't know i wasn't wasn't meant to say anything i mean the analogy is that obviously you know some shows do pull it off and obviously i think the most recent example i can probably think of would be the uh, second season finale of uh, the mandalorian where nobody on you know earth of star wars fans knew that you know luke skywalker was going to turn up you know and that it was all like even in the script it was a, a, another jedi from the prequels that was there even the pre-production artwork that they did for that episode featured um plo clune who was the one of the uh, jedi council um so they managed to keep that under wraps but i think the the reason why they did that is because a lot of the mandalorian is filmed behind closed doors. They have that big um, new um, screen that they can use that gives them... The volume, yeah. yeah. Um, which apparently um, are rumoured to be using um, 
So, um, but, you know, if you're involved in location filming and stuff, you know, then it is going to get out because you're going to see, like, a blue box there and you're going to see a couple of actors and you go, oh, well, there's the new Doctor Who. He's going to be leaked. The paparazzi are going to be there. All fans are going to turn up. So, you know, as much as we'd love it to happen, um, I don't think it's uh, it's, it's uh, going to, unless Russell T. Davis can pull it off for whenever shooting decides to, to um, move on. But he's not even started yet, and we're already talking about the next uh, regeneration. No, yeah, I want him, I want somebody to stay for more than three years. Somebody needs to break the mold now, I think, and uh, get, have a really good run at it, and really, you know, establish themselves for a generation in the way Tom Baker did uh, as the Doctor. I'd, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to see that in a modern series. Well, the way Russell's been talking. Yeah, 13 hour-long episodes a year, seven years worth. You know, the way Russell's been talking in interviews, um, it, it sounds like he wants Judy to stay on longer than three years because he's been saying he's going to be there for a while. And I, all the powers to him if, if they can do it because I would love to see somebody last more than three years. Because yeah. my first doctor was Tom. We nearly got more than three years of David Tennant, didn't we? Because he was very tempted to uh, stay for the first series of... Uh, Stephen Moffat taking over, wasn't he? Had, uh, what what uh, I think Russell T Davies described it in the writer's tale as the the big wobble, where he almost nearly changed his mind about leaving. It, it would be fascinating as well to see a doctor under two showrunners, um, you know, in the modern era, and, and and see how that changes. Yeah, I was honestly hoping Jodie would stay on for even a little while under Russell, just because I'd like to see her with a different writer and different you know mindset of things, because mm-hmm. I think she'd be brilliant if she was but unfortunately she chose to leave and obviously wanted to spend time with her family so and obviously she's uh, now expecting yep. an, another child so you know she's got a, another addition to the family to look after as well yeah. she'll be signing up for those big finished cds uh, to uh, <laughs> help uh, pay for nappies <laughs> you know. i'm sure she will i mean if we've already gotten sasha Dewan and we've already gotten joe martin jody will be there sooner than later it's you know, it's easy work from what I can tell and, you know, good money. So why not? And the rumours are that, that filming may be starting as soon as June uh, on the new series. So we could be we could be seeing some companion announcements soon as well or, or announcement. I think Russell today we sort of see in the past has favoured the, the single uh, companion for the Doctor. So, uh, you know, could, could get a, an announcement there as well. Yeah, I think that dynamic really works. The mm. the, the doctor and a, and a single companion. Uh, you know, I think the TARDIS has, has gotten a little bit crowded uh, recently. I think three companions didn't quite uh, work. Um, you know, it would have worked under a better writer than Chibs. But <laughs> yeah, I, that's a whole other discussion. But yeah, I, th- I think two maximum, three. If you do what Moffa did, where you kind of have somebody that comes and goes, like River Song or whatever so you it, it can you can do short bursts but you're sort of giving everybody a little focus my biggest frustration with the initial uh incarnation of chips is just that you never really got find out who anybody was and only you know bradley walsh basically did it through force of personality that we cared about graham this that i did so uh, we'll see what, but russell seems to only like one person but then having the whole sort of you know supporting cast of family and you know friends and this and that so we'll see whether he continues that away. He doesn't do this this time. Yeah, he's got the best of both worlds, hasn't he? Because when he arrived, when they arrived back on Earth, uh, you, you know, he had um, Rosie's mom and boyfriend and things like that to uh, you, to, uh, to 
flesh out the cast a bit as well where he needed to. So um, what does everybody expect Shooty to uh, be wearing? Because obviously the famous Doctor Who costume is going to be uh, one of the next things that we all start speculating about. What do you think we are, uh, his, his attire for the 14th Doctor is going to be? I'm looking to go back to the Christopher Eccleston understated casual contemporary model. Uh, there is a photo that's circulating of Judy in a sky blue suit, uh, which uh, fits his very, very, very narrow physique. I think that's a pretty good start, but uh, I would prefer the casual. Yeah, I'm not I sure because having seen him on Sex Education and Eric being so flamboyant, he can wear anything, and he definitely has on that show. I mean, everything from like ni- traditional Nigerian clothing to like the wildest, most outre and then Rocky horror cosplay, etc. Um, I'd like to see something casual, maybe a little, you know, a little funky, a little loud. Um, if that's what he wants, but I, I'm good with anything as long as it's not, you know, something completely ridiculous, like Colin's, you know, the Colin Baker clothes. Uh, <laughs> I'm good with that. Uh, well, from the clips I've watched, he certainly wears a few John Nathan Turner style shirts yeah. in sex <laughs> education. So <laughs> you never know that they might go down that route. I think for me, I, I prefer you know the sort of the, the pre JNT idea where it was more that a doctor had a style of dressing rather than a fixed costume that they wore week in and week out. Um, so yeah, maybe uh, maybe some you know like sort of pick a style and then uh, and then you know just kind of keep adapting it. It'd be interesting to see if, we, if like you say we either go contemporary and we go something like either like like Christopher Eccleston style or like a like a modern day David Tennant style like kind of suit, but still with that like kind of like silhouette of the Doctor, or whether they decide to go a little bit more like say a modern take on the uh, Edwardian uh, kind of mm-hmm. like look. Which you know, and I'm sure Shooty could like you know pull either kind of style off. I think the contrast with somebody that young, and uh, and the Edwardian dress would be quite striking, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of fan art of him in a more contemporary version of the Lenny Henry um, outfit from Lenny's old uh, comedy show, which is the the Rupert the bear pants and suspenders or sorry braces and a, like a button down shirt. So, which I think is funny because it's just basically like. It's basically another black doctor, so we'll we'll see. But it would be cute. But so we've um, filming rumored to start um, next month in June. Uh, do we think that shoot is going to be uh, leading from the sixtieth anniversary, or do we actually think that because it's not been announced, and the original Russell T Davis announcement was saying that he takes over from the sixtieth anniversary, um, and we get the centenary in October this year, which is Jodie's last episode. So I think we kind of like had all assumed that there's no Christmas episode this year. And I know that um, Russell T. Davis was always quite um, a staunch supporter of you do not lose the, the Christmas slot. Uh, that Christmas slot is there. It's It should be cemented. It's like, you know, it's it, it should never be sacrificed. Do you think we'll get a Christmas debut like, instead of um, him debuting in the uh, the 60th specials? I'd like I'd like that if it happened. I'm not sure if we can because it just seems like, in terms of just keeping the momentum going, if we're you know Jody's ending in October November of 2022, to make people wait for an entire year without anything seems like a not great idea. So even if it's just a mini sode or a short little interlude, or if we get like you know little 
things going on during the year, even if they're on the internet, I would hope we'd see that. I mean, I've heard a lot of different rumors about the 60th. Um, I think at this point, the way things are going, I'm, I'm assuming Shooty's going to be part of the 60th, that it's not just going to be, you know, previous doctors doing their thing, which is great if they show up. I mean, I'm happy to, you know, revisit people with him, but I don't want him getting shoved out and people forgetting that because he's not really starting until, let's say, April, you know, somewhere around Easter of 2024. That's like not great in terms of show momentum because we want we want him to be in the front and center of his own show. And I'm sure he wants to get to work. I'm sure he's ready to start recording and get some scripts. Yeah, well, I know right now he's still working on the Barbie movie with uh, like about 100 other people. It's an unbelievable cast on that film. And then uh, Sex Ed 4, I think, started filming in April, and they're going through November of this year. So I don't know how big a role he's got this year or whether they're going to work around it. So it's kind of odd because one of the things that they've talked about on Gallifrey Base is that supposedly there's two different uh, filming blocks, one that may be in June to like July or August and then a stop and then starting again in the fall. So it's, you know, nobody's sure what's happening and whether it's all for one thing, whether it's for a series or how they're working around it. So. Yeah, that would be interesting. It's like the old adage of uh, if you cast your minds back to when there was speculation that David Tennant was leaving before, obviously, he left. Um, you had the whole thing of uh, the Royal Shakespeare Company leaked that he was starring as Hamlet during the key filming dates of when Doctor Who was filmed. And then, obviously, they had to put that uh, announcement out that they were actually going to do specials in uh, 2009 instead of uh, a full series so um, it's interesting that he's obviously filming on the Barbie movie and uh, he's going to be continuing to film on Sex Education Series 4 so it, perhaps that does um, confirm some of the rumours about the 60th being more focused on um, you know um, doctors from the past turning up and perhaps Shooty will make his debut at the end of that, you know, um, you know, if he can't film anything until there, but then, you know, November, 2023 is quite a long way away, isn't it? So, you know, um, perhaps they're like you say, putting two blocks in film, all the stuff with, you know, previous doctors first, and then they can then film the stuff with shooty at a later date. So, mm. um, it's exciting times really, because we don't really know what's happening. Like I said, that press release was uh, very sparse in the information it gave us. Yeah, one of the things uh, that Russell said, um, I think this week also, is he said, you're seeing a lot of me and Shooty in the, all through 2023. So I don't know what that means, but obviously he's aware and they'll be front and center. I don't know what that means. He's going to be just, you know, showing up on all the chat shows and, and news shows and this or whatever, you know, like Graham Norton or what have you, or if it's going to be, you know, appearances online or what, but obviously they're, they're trying to keep something going. And, um, We'll see what happens because Russell and Russell also said that they're going to start like, I guess we're getting it slowly. We're getting it, you know, drip, 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 because he's still he's mm -hmm. trying not to overshadow the centenary and, you know, Jody's last bit and Chipmunk's last bit. He's being he's trying to be considerate about that. So it's. Yeah, yeah. I think I think after that, we'll, we'll hear more. And, he, and if it is towards the back end of 2023, he is the sort of the, the master of of building up anticipation and marketing and all the rest of it, isn't he? Um, thinking about in 2005, I mean, although it was more for the for the fans, his production diary and Doctor Who magazine, that, um, was it Spy Cam or something they used to do on the, on the Doctor Who website, where um, there would just be these these shots from 
the filming of series one that would appear on the on the BBC Doctor Who website, and it would just be like things like a washing machine or something like that in uh, in in Rosie's flat, and uh, but it was all these all these little bits and pieces that they would drip feed to uh, to build the anticipation. So yeah, I mean he he knows what he's doing, doesn't he? It'll be um, it'll be a, a big a big debut when it finally comes. Yeah. I- He's the master of publicity. Yeah, isn't I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to that because another, I mean, not this is, should be the, the Chibnall bashing hour, but one of the things that really frustrated about Chips is that he didn't want to be front and center. He didn't, he, he was so secretive and so tight-lipped about everything is that I think that's one of the reasons they lost a lot of interest too because it was never kind of going out there and, and being the showman that either Russell or even Moffat was. Um, and they weren't discussing anything or sharing anything until the last minute. And Usually, you know, people want to talk about, okay, who are your writers? Here's just an intriguing, you know, dropping these three words are involved in the series, you know, and then getting people to keep thinking and, and constantly kind of putting it in the public eye and, and knowing that it's there instead of, oh, yeah, I forgot about that show because the last time I saw it was, you know, nine months ago or whatever. So I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to Russell, you know, the Russell T. Davies uh, PR extravagance. <laughs> Well, given the rumoured amount of money that Sony uh, have purchased Bad Wolf TV for, and obviously that they're they're investing into uh, the show, uh, I f- certainly think they would they won't um, scrimp on the publicity at all. Right. Well, thank you very much for your insight onto uh, Shooty, and uh, we're looking forward to the Fourteenth Doctor and his adventures whenever they may debut. Uh, where can we find you guys? You can find me on uh, Facebook under my name, Jan Fennick, or on Instagram under total underscore Janarchy, J-A-N-A-R-C-H-Y. I'm on Twitter as at Quark McMullis. I am on Twitter at Doctor Who Novels, DR Who Novels. I have a new episode of the Doctor Who Literature podcast coming up um, pretty much every Sunday. Got some pretty exciting guest announcements coming up, so please stay tuned. Okay, and you can find me on Twitter at DjangoMac72 and also on YouTube on the Bearded Geek Toy Reviews channel. Uh, Thank you for listening to the Trap One podcast. And in the words of the First Doctor, it's far from being all over. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.